0: Buddy, thanks for joining us today
1: another episode on the mfg cast what are we going to be talking about today
0: today we're going to take a deeper dive on the game tokaido because
1: it's one of our i think it's one of our favorites i could say that can't we since we're doing a deeper dive on it i feel like that's pretty good assumption right
0: yeah i think that is a great assumption kurt yeah so hence the deeper dive yeah for sure so for those of you that don't know what tokaido is it comes in a variety of things these days. So what it's best known as is a board game. But now it is also offered as a an app yep. on wherever apps are found these days. That's so true. iOS, Google Play, yada, yada,
1: yada. Yeah, for sure. It's funny that you said it's in a variety of ways. It's basically two. But well, I well, like it's that more game. than just a board game. It is just definitely more than just. I mean, a board it's
0: game. a board game in a different avenue, I, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. So I think what's cool about this is that a lot of podcasts do deeper dives on board games that have just come out. Yeah. So whether they're coming out via Kickstarter, which we've done episodes on those, or that have come out within the last year or something like that. But Takedo has been a player in the board game market for how long now, Kurt?
1: Uh, since 2012, so eight years now.
0: God, 2012 was eight years ago.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you're just staring. You know what's funny? I was just staring because I was like, did I do the math right on that? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. No, you're staring just, at me and I'm terrible. like,
0: uh, don't make conversation. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny because you think about eight years ago, like that's like eight lifetimes for a board game. You know,
0: it is. And for a board game to still live up to the hype after eight years, I think that is an awesome deal.
1: Yeah, definitely. This game is still a 7.0 on BGG. So you got to know, like, even after all this time and so many different ratings, like it has 19,000 ratings, like that goes to show you that that game is still, you know, still rated high and still has, you know, a lot of people digging it. But you just, we just don't really hear about it that much anymore because of, you know, all the new stuff and all the bunches of games that come out after it, you know?
0: All the hotness. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, they have um, thrown out other things to complement it. So they do have two other expansions that we'll talk about as we dig deeper into this episode and to this game. But more to come on that. So... Why don't we get started and take a digger... (laughs) Let's
1: take a digger right (laughs) on our face.
0: I've done that before. It is not
1: fun. It's not fun.
0: Let's take a deeper dive into this game. Yeah, for sure. So, Takedo is a game that is published by Funforge Games. It is a game that's designed by Antoine Bauza. I love saying that last name. (laughs) But I have to really think about it when I say it. Anyway... It is a game for two to five players. So again, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but the play varies, I think, quite a bit depending on the amount of players that you have.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And it plays about 45 minutes depending on how long it takes for one person to act on their turn. And then it's ages eight and up.
1: I would be remiss if I didn't say that the artist, or we would be remiss if we didn't say that the artist is Xavier Genofy-Durin. Which is funny because I think on here, on here it has the name Najade. I don't know if that is that person's nickname or if maybe that is, maybe that is.
0: Antoine Bowser's hyphenated last name?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: No. Okay. Well, either way, we are not interpreters. So there (laughs) you have it. Okay. So Kurt, what is the... Basic overview of Tokaido for those that are not very familiar with the game in general.
1: Yeah. So basically what you're doing is you're traveling from one side of the board to the other. It's called the East Sea Road. It's one of the most magnificent roads in Japan. And while traveling, you get to do certain things. Like you get to buy certain you get to buy certain souvenirs, you get to stop at an inn to eat food. You get to uh uh, pray at the temple and donate at the temple. You, you know, there's, you get to uh, collect panoramas to kind of fulfill, you know, this beautiful, these be- beautiful scenes. And it's just, there's just these, it's ki- it kind of reminds me of, kind of, it's weird. It kind of reminds me of like, boy, I'm trying to think of what the game is in particular. Well, I don't know if that matches up, so I might scratch that. <clears throat>
0: I'm going to step in for a minute. I think what's cool about the game in general is it's not your traditional layout of a board game. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a square. It's a panorama or panoramic style board. Yeah. So it goes through four days and it's laid out via panoramic view of the days. Mm Mm-hmm. And the art is just spectacular. Yeah, as it, you go along each day.
1: Yeah, and I think the basic theme of this is just to kind of enjoy yourself as you're it going along this path, and the art, and the virtual everything that goes with it, like really speaks to that. You know, it really tells you like this is what you're doing. It's kind of a nice ride. Like I will admit, there are some spots in it where you're where you will be trying to you trying to be blocking other players and stuff like that and that can get kind of mean but for the most part it's it's one of those things where you're trying to you know just trying to vie for a different spot to kind of collect the certain things to win the game and it just has a cool feel to it.
0: Well, and it's each man for their own, so it's not a cooperative game. So it's it's nothing different in that respect for compared to other games where you're playing for yourself you're not playing with others so it is going to have that competitive spirit and you are going to get frustrated during the game too when you need coins because you need to be able to buy something and somebody takes the one and only leftover spot yeah because there's always a chance to get those later unless it's the last day or something like that where that opportunity has been missed
1: yeah, and one one of my favorite things about the game, even even starting with the uh, original version of the base game of it, is I love the different characters. Like, I love that they have their names, and like, even in the, like, even though on their cards they don't have their full title, but in the books and stuff like that, they have their own full title. So, you know, I like, even in the base game, you'll see, like, there'll be, like, one of the characters is Kinko, but, like, his name is, like, Kinko the Ronin, or you've got Chubei the Messenger, and you can tell that when they name these guys and they gave them kind of like the so and so the whatever like it plays to their special ability. Everybody has their own like cool little special abilities. Uh, like the messenger for Chubei if he goes to an inn before he gets a meal, he dr- draws an encounter card. So it's like it's almost like he's delivering somebody something to somebody else, and you're he's interacting with somebody else. So I, I like that. You know, they have their own little. Not a really a quirk, but it kind of almost it like is a, pers- kind of a... It's kind of like a personality without yep. going into too much detail, you know?
0: Yep, but they just didn't call him Carl or something like <laughs> that. No offense to Carl's over yeah. there. I just mean, like, they built, like, so-and-so, the Great. And they didn't just call him that because Great wouldn't have defined, like, what their actual ability was. Mm-hmm. Besides just being Great. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So like Kurt talked about, with the base game comes several... Okay, more than several, maybe 10 guys or something like that, That 10 guys and girls that you're able to choose from. In the base game, I believe you are able to select from a couple of them, and then you pick which one of the characters that you want to play throughout the game. Mm -hmm. And then as you're going along the track... Like I had mentioned earlier, there are four segmented days. So each day ends with a meal that you have the opportunity to purchase. So if you have coins, you typically have to use a coin or more than one coin to purchase a meal, which gets you victory points each time you purchase the meal. Some characters allow for discounted meal purchases, some allow for a free meal, basically. Mm-hmm. And that depends on which character you choose. But the meals are important at the end because that gets you six victory points along the your victory track and your scoring.
1: Yeah. I think for a lot of scoring like I think except for expansion stuff, I think meals count for the most points you can get during kind of during the whole playing of the game. So Yeah, to in be, the base game. Yeah. Yep. So you have to be very careful. I suppose you could probably get more with getting, if you bought more souvenirs, and we'll talk about that in a second, but like, it's almost, you know, it's a guaranteed you're going to get six points every time you get a meal, so that, it's very important for you to, I mean, it just makes sense. You know, if you're doing all this traveling, obviously it makes sense to keep yourself fed, so you want to, you know, be able to do that.
0: Right. So there's a space, it's called The Village, which Kurt was alluding to. And that's where you have the opportunity to stop to purchase souvenirs. Mm -hmm. If, of course, you have the coins to be able to do it. The key to this point is to be able to look at the symbols on the souvenirs and get symbols that don't match. So meaning one of the symbols on a card could be a tree. One could be a... I think one kind of looks like a totem pole, sort of like to me. Like a totem, yeah. Yeah, like a totem. Yeah,
1: one's like food, and the other's like shirt. a shirt, like clothing. Yes. Yep.
0: So if you get like one of each of those symbols, then you've completed that set. But as you complete them, so you get, let's say we get the tree, that's one point. Then you add the sushi, I think is the next one. That's one point plus three points, because now you've gotten the two now you stop at the village another time and you add another one then it's 1 plus 3 plus 5
1: yep and that's and, and that's something i think i'll speak to this even though we're kind of talking about deep life like so that's something that we always kind of forget to do and we remind ourselves like we have to make sure that every time we get get the stuff like it it kind of multiplies the points the more you get so
0: yep and you can once you complete one set so if you get one of each of those symbols you can actually start over again, or you can start another set along the way. And the coins show a picture, or not the coins, the cards show a picture of the item and what the value of it is. So some characters will allow you to purchase uh, souvenirs at a discount. Mm-hmm. Some will. There's perks to specific characters, and um, each of the souvenirs either cost one or two or three coins, depending. So. Of course you have to use your judgment on how you're going to purchase those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um and you don't always have to like get a full set before you start another one That's or even or even multiples. Well, you were kind of talking about it, but it almost sounded like you were kind of like, well, you you know, you you can do this, but you don't have to, you know, you can do definitely do multiples more than just one. Oh. One said that's I don't, I know you probably said that, but I'm just kind of reiterating it. One of the ones that I personally love is the panoramas. So one's like a paddy, one is the sea and one is the mountain. And depending upon which one you get, like the um, paddy only goes out to three separate sections. The um, mountain goes out to four sections, and the sea goes out to five. And it completes this awesome looking panorama. Well, as you get the certain sections, you get that many points. So, like, if you start with your first one, you get one. If you get your second one, two, three, four, and five. And I just love, again, I love the art in it. I love the way it looks. I don't know. It's, it's funny. It's one of my favorite things to do, even if it's not a good strategy in the game, to get all the panoramas if you have a Because I feel like some of the certain characters, you have to kind of go with their special ability to help you win. But sometimes I like to even go off of that and be like, oh, I love these cute panoramas. They're just so fun to do.
0: One kicker with the panorama, though, is once you complete it, you can't do it again. Yeah. And I don't know how you would, honestly. But um, so let's say you finish the um, mountain panorama, which is a length of four. That would be stopping at each of those mountain stops. To complete it for four, but you could have, like Kurt said, a character that helps you complete the panorama. Now you aren't allowed to stop at that panorama anymore to collect any more or try to um, create that panorama or that panorama picture
1: anymore. Yeah, which could be a plus and a minus because it could give you a chance to skip to another spot which is one of the cool things in this game like you if you wanted to skip like eight spots ahead of people you could but that just means that people whoever's last in line gets to go before you do so if you skip far too ahead that could kind of screw you up a little bit but like say you complete a panorama then you don't have to like worry about that so then you can go more points on other things like your hot springs and and encounters that we'll talk about so
0: and it is nice, but there are some characters that give away certain panoramas or um, some other cards that give away panoramas, and then it's unfortunate when they're giving away one that you've completed.
1: Yeah, yeah no <laughs> but kidding. But
0: it is nice when they give away ones that you haven't finished yet either, so yeah, that's definitely,
1: nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Another one of the spots where you can go is, I, I feel like a really popular spot in the game is the farm. So when you go to the farm, you actually take three coins from the reserve and add them to your bank. And then you can have as many coins as you want, which is actually really good because it helps you buy your food and it helps you buy your um, souvenirs and it can help for other things. So.
0: And it'll help when we start talking about the expansions because yes. you pay for fancier cards yeah. in the expansions. So fancy. So fancy of the cards. One other area or one stop that you could make is a hot spring, which Kurt had alluded to. And those, once you land on a hot spring area, you actually just take the card and it is what it is. You take the card, it either allows you to move up your victory point track two spaces or three. So two points or three points for a hot spring. So press your luck, two or three. Yeah. Which, who complains about that? No. Unless you get two points. Yeah. And not three. Yeah. And then another one is the temple and... If you go here, the player actually has the ability to donate one, two, or three coins to the temple. And you place them on the temple, you actually immediately score one point for each donation that you make. So if you donate three coins to the temple, which is a area that you place them based on your color, you can move yourself up three victory points on the track, and then at the end of the game, there's um, end game scoring for whoever has the most coins that have been donated to the temple. And then it goes down from there on second place and third yeah, and fourth, I... depending on how that plays out. Sometimes people don't even go to the temple, and then they don't you don't score on yeah. it at all.
1: Yeah, I think it's like ten, seven, five, and two, or something like that.
0: Yep. And then nothing. And then if you tie, then I think if you tie for first place, which you and I did, yep. we both would have gotten ten. Yep. Which we didn't score on because it when they washed each other out.
1: Yeah, and then we and then uh, they also have encounter cards. So basically, it's like you're conversing with other people, and they are giving you certain boons. So like one of them is like a samurai It will give you immediately three points. Uh, there's another one. Yeah, there's like the shokunin that will actually give you. You can draw the top souvenir card. There's the Kugi, or Kuge, I'm sorry, I'm really bad at It says Noble else. in parentheses. Noble, yep. The Noble gives you three coins. For, you can take three coins from the reserve. Like, there's a lot of different things that kind of help you out during the game. So these are cool little added bonuses. Yeah. And then, just like we talked about, you can go to the inn and you can get food. But the cool thing about when you arrive at an inn is that, well, good and bad, I suppose, is when you, when you arrive at an inn and, and, and you have to stop. And depending upon where it is, like, the closest to the end, that's where you have to stop. But then, as you continue on your way after you buy food, it's whoever is the furthest away from that end is the person who gets to go first. And then in player order from furthest out to fur- to closest end, then they take their turns and continue on the board, which I think is pretty cool.
0: So one of the variants with uh, the base game and even if you add in the expansions for a two player game would be that you actually add kind of like a random player in with the two player Mm -hmm. um, play. And this adds for a little bit variety and it affects the in play. And it also affects when somebody goes to a temple. So if the random player ends up being in last place or it's their turn to kind of move ahead because like we said always the person who's the furthest behind will go next um the how do i explain this the person who is in front
1: the player that's ahead yep, of the player else.
0: that's ahead of everybody else gets to control that random ai
1: yep.
0: and so they can choose to put them on whatever space keeping in mind that they can block themselves <laughs> or they can block the other players. So if they know the other player is looking to collect coins or souvenirs or something like that, then they can place them there so that they're not able to go to that space. If they place them in a temple, they automatically have that AI or that um, random player place a token from or a coin from the bank or the reserve, into the um, temple. And so now they're in the quote-unquote game play to kind of mix up the scoring for the end of the game for the temple scoring. But also, when everyone arrives at the inn, the random player also gets in the mix of kind of screwing up the cards that get to uh, be presented for purchase for the inn and the food. So let's say you have one coin to purchase something and you're hoping that um, you have a food that's presented to you for one coin that you can buy so that you can get six victory points. Well, you're drawing four cards. Whoever goes to the end first gets dibs on it. Then if the random player is next, you actually randomly discard one of those food cards and then that last person only gets to pick between those last two mm-hmm. so either the first player who got there may have purchased your one coin food it the card might have been discarded by the um random discard from the um ai player or there was never a a card for you to be able to purchase so it adds a little variety into being able to um function through this game
1: mm-hmm
0: so yeah. we think we, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: So then once you get to the end of the road, basically you will do your end game scoring. So like I said, with the temple, you score points based on how many coins you have. So I was right on that. It's you get 10, seven and well, actually I wasn't right. It was, it's 10, seven, four, and two, depending upon where you're at there. And if you don't donate any coins, you get no points there. You also get achievement cards Uh, for different things so like there's a panorama achievement card so like during the game if you complete one of the panoramas either the paddy the mountain or the sea as soon as you complete that panorama you get that achievement card and then you have end game so you've got the gourmet so it's the highest sum of coins on your meal cards and then there's the bather where it's the hot spring cards where you either get the two or the three victory points Um, Whoever has the most of those gets that achievement card. You've got the chatterbox, where if you have the most encounter cards, you receive that. And then if you have the collector, then uh, that means if you have the most souvenir cards, you would get that achievement card. And If two or more travelers are tied for the achievement cards, you both score three points. And then the player with the most points at the end wins. And then if there's a tie, whoever has the most achievement cards wins the game. Thankfully, there are no shared victories in this game because I don't like that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Mm -mm. But yeah, like just the base game itself is just a phenomenal game. I think the one minus I would say, and even though this is a tiny minus and we'll kind of get into it as we play the other things is I feel that like there's not enough character characters in the base game. Like there is, there's a decent amount, like someone could see it and be like, wow, there's like... I don't know, seven. I don't know for sure, and I'm not going to count. But, like, I feel like it would be nice to have more characters than the base game has. And, luckily, the expansions, when you grab them, have more, which there's, is cool. There's ten. There's ten, guys. Wow. <laughs> there's, but there's but I lot. think it's but. because
0: we've seen, and now we want more. Yeah, exactly. Too. Next, let's talk about the expansion Crossroads. Crossroads. I think this one makes sense to talk about next because, I don't know. I just want to talk about this <laughs> I don't
1: know why. I don't know why. I just want to talk about this so one next. Be- so before you go into it, I would like to say, because we're talking, we're doing a little <coughs> deep diving, is I feel like when people come out with expansions for things, like either they really work or they don't work, and sometimes I think that even when some work, I feel like, the expansions aren't necessarily worth having; they're just kind of like a nice little add-on. I feel like both of these expansions, as we get into them, I feel are a very good addition to this game, and that's kind of what I wanted to. I thought that we could talk about like having both of these as part of our thing, and I, I think you agree that you know these these exp-
0: put words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That, I agree. I, I agree. feel
1: yeah that I feel that you know like they really up the game and kind of fix a few minor things that might uh might um
0: detour people
1: no not detour i'm thinking might uh hinder you in the original game so we'll i'll talk about that as you as we talk about the expansions
0: so um one of the first expansions we'll talk about is called Takedo crossroads and this one came out in 2015. So when the other one came out? 2012. Yeah, so, 12, so, so it took them three later. years to wow. to come out with this one. But for those of you who produce games, which we obviously don't, but we support them. So we do know that it takes a period of time to have them um, come up with ideas and do all this kind of stuff. The thing that I really like about this expansion is that you can tell that they put a lot of thought into it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just adding extra characters, and that was it. Yeah, they added just, extra pieces.
1: Yeah, and trying to just trying to get your money <laughs> for having this
0: right. And I think when we bought it, we didn't know, mm-hmm. but now we know, and I don't have any regrets. Not at all, because they added um, several things, and we'll kind of talk about how it enhances. The base game of Mm Tokaido. So without further ado, let's just talk about it. Yeah, That's a drum roll. So there's new effects. So what they did was they added a little game board. And by that, I mean like a tiny panoramic game board. I cannot say it's like the original Tokaido game board because it doesn't have the the trail or the road to Tokaido or anything on it. So what's really nice about this is this this panoramic extra game board sits above the original Takedo board game base. Game board base? Game board. Yeah. And so it doesn't it doesn't sit on top of the game because which, which
1: I thought it did and I would look terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't because you play with the original cards for the base game and then you add these additional cards. And one die. And one die. Yep. And a ton of, it seems like a lot of travelers, but I guess not. Let's see. Six new travelers, you get added. So now we're up to 16 travelers, everybody, if you're doing your math. So 16 new travelers. Math. Not 16 new. Six new. (laughs) 16 total. So I think the easiest for us is just to talk about what the introduction to each of these new cards allows in this expansion. Mm-hmm. So now is the introduction of the amulet cards. And these come into play when a traveler stops at the temple. So now they have the option to either stop at the temple and choose between giving the one, two, or three coins to the temple. So that's what they would typically do when they're you're playing the base game. Or you can pay a coin back to the bank or the reserve to take one of the amulet cards. What are the amulet cards, you ask? Amulet cards are, it is basically a stack of cards that you actually can choose from, um, any that are available. So you pick up the entire stack and there are six of them. And they allow for a few different types of things. One example of an amulet card is called Friendship. This card lets the Traveler stop on a single space that is actually occupied by another Traveler already. So let's say I want to go onto the same space that Kurt is on already. It allows me to make it basically a double space. And I place my Traveler there next to that space as if, I shouldn't say he wasn't there, but I can take the same actions as
1: he does. Which is cool because then if you're taking up that second space then technically you should be the first one to go after that too if you're both in that same kind of spot if you can't take that. So I, I, I like that one. I think that one's cool.
0: Yep. And one more example would be the hospitality. And this card lets the traveler take his meal card. So remember at the end of each day we were talking about how you ha- you're required to stop at the inn and you can purchase a meal. And it will allow for six victory points based on... Uh, how many tokens you use and if you have enough and that kind of thing. This one actually will give you your meal card for free when you stop at the end. That's cool. Yeah. So what's nice about this is for end game scoring too, because you're going to be counting how many coins you've spent on your meals at the end of the game.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So this leaves for opportunity to be able to purchase or... I should put quotes around the word purchase, a meal that's more expensive to be able to up your numbers for that too.
1: Yeah, and also it gives you a chance to save coins for later too, which I think is cool.
0: Oh, yeah, good point. Okay, so that was the amulet card. Then there's the next card um, called the legendary object card, which I'm going to let Kurt talk about.
1: Yeah, so the legendary objects are like certain souvenirs that are give you a higher amount of victory points than your original souvenir so when you go to a souvenir shop then what you're going to do is you decide you can either decide to buy regular souvenirs so you draw three and then buy as many as you have according to how many coins you have or you can acquire a legendary object and i think most of those most uh those for the most part i think give you like eight victory points or something like they that. They do not. They don't?
0: No. What? And I know that because I went and I had a, a guy, my guy that I controlled, allowed me to draw four souvenir cards and a legendary card each time. So I know I had one legendary card that allowed for eight victory points, but I had one, remember, that allowed me to enhance my souvenir collection for an additional space so remember when i said souvenir cards you want to do the different um symbols Mm -hmm. and there were four this one gives you another symbol to make it five so you're going to be scoring more points gotcha and then there's um also one more ability of a legendary card too but legendary cards cost one two or three coins so you have to be careful because if you don't have three coins then you might just have wasted your turn. Yeah. But you could have wasted your turn by going to the souvenir shop too because you may not have enough coins based on what they're displaying to you too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you can only buy one legendary object at a time when you go there. Um, but yeah, there. I'll just explain these a little bit in detail. So you've got your Shoto and Amaki. So when you acquire those... You give one point for each other souvenir or legendary object in your collection and one additional point for each souvenir collected thereafter, which is, I think is very cool. Oh
0: yeah, I had that one too. You did,
1: that one was cool. I think
0: I saw every one of them then.
1: Oh, cool. You've got the Bupasu and Ema. Hey, don't laugh at me, I'm doing my best. These legendary objects count as a new family of souvenirs, so then that means you can actually score more points, so instead of... Scoring one, three, five, and seven for one, two, three, four cards, you can actually get a fifth one and score nine points for that. So that's pretty cool. And then the last ones are the ones I was thinking of: your Mira, Sami, and Masamune, uh, the swords, where you pay three coins and you get eight victory points for that. So those are cool. I really like that.
0: And if you get the guy that I had, you could see those every single
1: time. Yep, exactly. The next one in line from left to right is the bathhouses. So then when you have when you stop at a hot spring space, you can do either drawing a hot springs card, which either gives you two or three victory points, or you can pay a coin to get a bathhouse card, which is scores you four points. So instead of the possibility of getting two or three points, you pay a coin for exactly four points for each one.
0: And then those contribute, right? Kurt, remind me, they contribute towards that bather end game scoring card. Correct. Okay. You are correct. Some of these don't, um, contribute to that at the end, but this one contributes to that Bather card.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. The
0: mm-hmm. next card that they've added is called like basically, a uh, enhancement to the encounters card that you may remember us talking about with the base game. And that's called a calligraphy card. So when someone stops at the, an encounter space now they they have the ability to choose between drawing an encounter card, or you can pay a coin to the bank to acquire one of the available calligraphy cards of your choice. So here's another option to be able to draw the entire, take the entire stack and pick which one you want. And I'll give a few ideas of uh, what that means, but I want to say that when you take one of these, that this contributes towards that chatterbox accomplishment at the end of the game. So whoever has the most encounter cards or calligraphy cards, those combined together contributes towards the endgame scoring for that accomplishment. So one of them is patience. So this calligraphy card actually scores six points if the traveler is the last to arrive at the last inn, four points if you're the second to last, and two points in all other cases. So it makes sense that it would be called patience because you don't want to rush to the end. You want to stall out as fast as you can to be able to be the last one there to be able to score six points.
1: Yeah, which is an interesting concept because most people are trying to, you know, get the most amount of stuff they can and then get to that last end to get that last, or to get, like that last meal card that you know if you're getting so many meals you can't get the same meal once you go to these in so you have to kind of vie mm-hmm. for something else that you don't have so this is a good like trying to give you more points for kind of slowing it down but it also could kind of harm you if you don't have anything left at that last end
0: right so it, it leaves for some strategy regarding are you worried about not being able to have enough money to get there or will the payoff be okay because you're going to get six points even though you're going to finish there anyway, or maybe you'd get 12 or something like that. Yeah. And then there's one more card that they've added, Mm -hmm. and that one's called the cherry tree. This one allows for travelers who stop at any of the panoramas. So Kurt was talking about building your panorama pictures up during the sea, the mountain, and the paddy spaces, and now you have the ability to either take a panorama card when you stop at one of those um, three spaces, or you have the ability to take a cherry tree card. And the cherry tree cards give you two victory points that you collect right away and one coin. So what's nice about this is there's no limit to how many cherry tree cards you collect, except they do run out. Mm hmm. That happened to us. Yeah, definitely. So you could mess with another player. I did that to Kurt. He needed another C space to finish his panorama. I blocked him. And then I collected a cherry tree because I would get more points and a coin versus collecting the first piece of the C panorama and getting one point.
1: Yeah. And this one, this is one of the ones that... I had referenced before that kind of fixes some part of the original base game. So like if you, again, if you've completed that panorama and you don't, and you're like, okay, well I want to go in a spot here so I can kind of plan my strategy. But in the base game, if you've already completed a panorama, you can't go into one of those spots, just to take up a spot just to screw people over. So this gives other people an option. If the cherry trees are there to get those two victory points in that coin. And I would say like the even though it seems like it's not that big of a deal this it's like two victory points and a coin who cares but like those two victory points could be valuable for you know what you're scoring at the end but all, more importantly I think just even having that one coin like sometimes when you're doing this chess game of trying to find get as many coins and spend coins and certain things and save your money like even just having a coin If you're going into an inn and you're like, okay, I bought a lot of these twos and threes, and now I all I need is one coin to grab one of these one coin uh, meals to help me get some points. Like that helps you in a big way, and I think that that's pretty important.
0: Oh yeah, well that and it can use uh, you can use it towards purchasing another what is the card the Hot Springs card? Don't you need a coin to be able to get four victory points? So you could use it towards that if you know that. The, the bathhouse card. the bathhouse yep. card yep yep which will contribute when you land on a hot springs
1: yeah yep. so yeah so, so it, help, it helps buying these other cards that come in this expansion yep. so that's cool
0: there's a lot of different variety yeah. there and then there's one more item that is available on this board which i thought was cool new element yeah. and kurt will talk about that
1: yeah. it's called the gaming room so instead of having a card on this space you actually have a die so okay. when you stop at a farm Instead of just having the one option of just getting three coins from the bank, you can try to add to your reserve by going to the game room. So what do I mean by this? So what you do is you roll that die, you have to gamble two coins, and you could double your money, you could triple your money, you can quadruple it, or if you're very unlucky, like I have been in the past, if you get an X, you you lose that money. And so it's basically like you're going to a casino and you're trying to, you know, you're like, I bet it all on red. I bet it all on black. Uh, Wesley Stipes says, always bet on black. So I just go with that. But you roll the die. And Too bad you- there's, it's a red die. It is a red die. That's, yeah. that's racist. So just kidding. So when you roll it, so when you roll the die, it's like you can really gamble to get some good coinage and kind of help you along the way. Which I think is cool. I didn't use it that much this last couple of times that we played, but I, I don't think you I ha- used
0: it at all, did you?
1: No. I did. I don't think it did. But in the when we first got this game I feel like I was always yeah. gambling, you know? I was like, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes and I blew on it and I won.
0: And the, and then he found out that the coins from Takedo don't buy him new shoes.
1: <laughs> but hey, who so knows? So don't try it. Maybe that will be the currency from now on. who who knows
0: maybe it is a currency we've been
1: locked up so yeah who knows what who's president uh nobody next question all right next question
0: okay okay so that is the expansion um, for tokaido called crossroads of course like i said they added an additional six new characters that you can play with or traveler tiles they call them they are very awesome Um, We're not going to tell you about them because we could be here for ages, (laughs) but um, they are awesome. So now that brings us up to 16 Traveler Tiles. And let's, without even more further ado, is that work? I don't know. (laughs) Sure,
1: sure. Let's roll with it.
0: I'm not drunk, I promise. Is Takaido Matsuri, and I really like pronouncing that, so... Um, this one also released in 2015. I wonder if they came out
1: hand in hand, neck and neck. They must have. Unfortunately, we got these after the fact, so we don't know for sure. Well,
0: I don't know if we got them that far after the fact, did we? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, buddy.
1: It's been so long. 2012. Uh, that's, that's when we uh, started this damn podcast. So it's been a long time. Been a long time, yeah.
0: I thought you started it earlier than that. No,
1: breaking the board since 2012, baby. Oh, I did. It's actually that. our anniversary in a few days.
0: Oh Eight my years. gosh! Bring out the birthday. See, cake. I'm not the original. So
1: that's true, but you should have. Yeah, you definitely should have.
0: So you may ask, what does this expansion add to the game?
1: What does this What does this expansion add to the game, Tracy?
0: Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, you can't play this expansion unless you have the base game and Crossroads.
1: Wow. That is bullcrap.
0: So don't buy it unless you have both of the other ones. Buy it all. Buy it all.
1: Because we said so.
0: So, folks. I just called you folks. We are losing our marbles. Just kidding. Okay. I was looking at the directions and whatnot for this, and this one... I hope you're sitting down Add 16 Traveler Tiles. Say what? I know. That's why we feel like we have so many Traveler Tiles to pick from or Traveler Tiles equals dudes with powers in the game or something. I don't know. Anyway, so there's 16 of them. And we had sixteen before, so sixteen plus sixteen is what fifty
1: three thousand.
0: Nice, that's why we have so many. We had to buy an extra place to store this game. Yep,
1: we have a new, we have a house that stores them.
0: Awesome, thirty two. So, so thirty two tiles between Matsuri Crossroads and the base game now of Tokaido.
1: That's a lot of variety.
0: It is a lot of variety because I feel like. Like you had mentioned in the base game, you didn't feel like there were enough guys because there were, I've already forgotten, 10. And then they added another six, which added enough variety. And then they added another 16. So they doubled it. Which is
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. They also added a few other things. They added some journey points, tokens, which we'll talk about in a little bit and they added some closed space tokens which I'll talk about in a little bit and they added some doll and carp tokens it is what it is dolls and fish um, tokens which I will talk about too but the most I think significant part is the matsuri and those are cards so In this expansion, when travelers stop at each of the three intermediate inns, meaning when we stop for food, it triggers a matsuri, meaning once everybody has arrived at the inn and they've all used their abilities and purchased their meals, and if they can, of course, whoever had arrived there first actually draws two of these Matsuri cards, which are just laid out next to that additional crossroads board, and they look at them. They choose one of them and place the other one underneath the, the other stack of Matsuri cards. So they keep it a secret, then they flip that card up, whatever one they picked, on top of the stack, and then everyone can see it. And then that effect is applied as soon as the card is revealed. So some of the Matsuri cards are immediate and some of them happen throughout that day. So they happen from the time the next day starts until we hit the in again. And then you do it all over again. Kurt and I have a problem remembering <laughs> that we need to actually do this once we hit the in and every action is taken mm-hmm. before we start the next day. Yeah. But we do get it eventually. I think there's just It's just something to remember. Yeah.
1: And I like that this is called Matsuri, which is the Japanese word for festival. And I feel like these Matsuri effects kind of mirror that too, where it's got different cool little things that kind of, you know, like the art kind of looks like it's, you know, some kind of celebration or tradition or something like that. And I really dig that. I think that's cool.
0: Mm -hmm. So a few examples of the Matsuri cards, I'll give, actually I'll give a couple of them because they're so, some of them are so different. So... One of the examples of one of the Matsuri cards is each traveler in the order that they arrived at the inn can immediately donate to the temple according to the usual rules. One, two, or three coins they can choose to donate if they have them. And um, that, I mean, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. You can, you don't have to, but you do it immediately. And the cards are really good at telling you whether it happens now or if it happens throughout play. There's one that I thought was interesting that I drew, which is called Hanabi, which you might recognize that because it's the name of a game, too. Yep. And that stands for fireworks. And the traveler who drew and chose this Matsuri immediately and randomly draws two new cards. Both of these are put into play and their effects are then applied. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that one was really cool. Um, made for some interesting play there
1: yeah because you get two 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 times the boons
0: you do potentially or you could get screwed and then i'm trying to find one that doesn't happen immediately so okay here's one there's one that i'm not going to pronounce the japanese word but it stands for the rice and until the next in each player who stops at a patty um, space can take one coin from the bank and donate it to the temple in his name before making the usual choice for that space. Take the panorama or you can take the cherry tree and then you score the corresponding points for your donation. But if a player's actually already finished that panorama then they don't benefit from that. So you... Wah, wah. So whoever lands or whoever selects the matsuri they could be strategic and realize that the other player or players have already finished that panorama and they could pick this one for themselves
1: yeah definitely
0: so that's pretty cool and then one more example is until you reach that next inn where you can purchase another meal each traveler who stops at an encounter space which usually these cards are ones that are just drawn at random from the top of the stack can choose an encounter from the remaining in the stack instead of drawing it randomly, which I think is cool. And then once the encounter is chosen, then you shuffle the stack again. So examples of encounters, I think you could pick one that is part of a panorama. Uh, You could collect coins. You could do a variety of things like that, Mm -hmm. which is helpful. I'm pretty sure we had this one at one point, and that was really helpful.
1: Yeah, especially
0: if somebody takes your farm space.
1: Yeah, I think the thing I like most about that and probably some of the things from the Crossroads expansion is that you can it gives you the ability to choose from the collection of cards what you want of, you know, what's there and, you know, be able to use it for yourself. So, like, you know, there might might be something, you know, you really like, but then you might have a couple of options. You're like, okay, well, now I can go in this totally different direction. So I like that it gives you that option.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think adding this expansion even adds, like, that next element. Mm -hmm. I don't think this one is necessary. I think what's cool about it is that it doubles the guys that you're able to pick from. Yeah. But I don't... Oh, one other thing I didn't talk about, sorry, I just lost my train of thought there, is there's other things where I talked about, like, those clothes tokens and things like that, Those are involved when um, depending on a Matsuri effect. So there was one I remember us playing where stuff closed down from one end to the next end. So it closed for one of the spaces. So depending on the amount of players that you had, you weren't able to stop at a specific space. So let's say the farm closed down and the farm is where you can purchase or not purchase. The farm is where you can collect three coins that closed so no one can go there anymore yeah. so that's, or
1: that's what we had and it was that was at the last section of the game so it's like there was only one coin spot so we weren't able to get any coins for that which sucked
0: right but if you're have if you're playing a game with more than two players that could close just one of the spaces and still allow for another person to go there mm-hmm. but just reduce the number of players that go cuz i don't think it closes both spaces just closes one yeah so those types of things they've added, too, to add another element in regards to how you play the game. So those tokens are added in there also.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that that's our deep dive of Takedo. Like, I mean, I think it's one of those things where we got more into playing this game again, the physical version, because we played the app version. And the app version was amazing. But for some reason, because we were playing on our phones and Google Play was having a tough time... Scoring our stuff, like you could like do like certain like achievements within the app, uh, we weren't able to open up some of these other characters that you could use, and that kind of sucked because we were using like the same six characters or something like that. Where in the game now, where you got like even with the Matsuri, you got so many characters to choose from, like it gives you a lot of variety to play for to play from and the fact that they were able to take all of these characters and make all these cool special abilities for each one and make them work well in the game. That speaks a lot to how Antoine Bowza has thought up of how to kind of up the ante on these ga- on this game.
0: Right. And I think also I think we kind of wanted to get not away from the app, but try this again too, because we were getting inconsistencies in the app with how many points it said I scored versus how many it said I scored on your app when you saw it and being able to play at different levels of play, meaning the number of players. So it was nice to be able to play three players online, four players, five players. It was annoying when people didn't take their turns right away and things like that. So that was, but it was nice to be able to do that instead of taking the time to set up this game. So, but the app is beautiful also. Mm-hmm. I think it's just... When you don't have time to sit down and actually um, set up and play the board game, it's it's nice. It's a nice alternative.
1: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like like you said, everything just... It looks just like the board game itself. It's beautiful looking. The setup is fun. The gameplay is, is great. But yeah, it was cool to be able to, to pull out the physical version and fall in love all over again with it. You know, it's just... It's just one of those games that is probably in my top 10. And we've told different people about it. I think at this last Con of the North, I think we got our buddy Taylor to buy it. And a random passerby that we were I was telling. Is that uh, this year? Last was year. that last year? Last yep. year. Yep. And I, we were telling uh, Taylor about it. And then this lady came by and she's like, Well, I was just going to pick between these two games. And she had Takedo and kind of something else. And she's like, I just heard you guys talking about this. So I'm going to take this. Which was. I think for me, it was a proud moment to be able to, you know, be able to persuade somebody into, you know, grabbing a game that we love. Right.
0: Yep. And this was, we had the pleasure of being able to use this game as a game that we got as a donation for, uh, I think, um, an Extra Life donation. Man, years ago when we ran Extra Life at a board game store. And we were able to give away this game, and I think whoever won it was really pretty excited to be able to try this game too. So, yeah, yeah. Seriously, if you don't have it, you've never played it, go out and get it. Go out and play it. Even if you can only start with the base game, heck, it's something. And then just add the expansions as you can, but make sure you buy the expansions in the order um, of Crossroads and then Matsuri. But again, Matsuri is just adding. More of those extra characters and those cards, so that one's not a necessity, but it really is nice element to add.
1: Yeah, so right now you can get you can get Takedo online right now, the base game, and then you can also get their you can get the collector's accessory pack expansion which comes with the crossroads but it also comes with some figurines which oh, wow. is awesome <laughs> i want it <laughs> but yeah again it's just one of those games like even as we we're talking about this i was like god we should upgrade the coins and and maybe get some figurines and stuff like that and just be able to see that like you know a game is great for yourself when you want to make it l- fancy fancier yeah make it more of like a captain awesome fancy
0: expansion. pants to
1: kaido that's right that's right. but But yeah so so yeah so if you've played Takedo, if you have love for Takedo, let us know on our facebook page join us on twitter at mfgcast and let's talk about it because we love talking about tokaido because it is fun and if you've ever played the app too let us know
0: maybe you have a trick to why we're struggling
1: (laughs) that's true all right so that's the end of another great edition of the mfgcast thank you for stopping by stay safe and until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. This was the MFG cast. Good night, everybody. Good B- day. Bye bye. Avida Zang. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming related content, please visit www.LegendsofTabletop.com.
0: One of them is um, each traveler in the order that they arrived at the inn. Receives a dog fart.
1: Batista, are you dying? The <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh yikes! I want to add that at the end after the
0: receives a dog
1: fart. Yes, I want to add all that little part at the end, so when people hear it, they're like, "What the?" Okay. like Like after, even after, like the outro stuff. Okay. Okay, go on.